I just need to offer the disclaimer. You guys listening to this are going to see this at the end of May after school has mostly let out for most people. We are recording this the weekend before we take finals. finals. (laughs) This is why it is like this, okay? Hello, and welcome to the Challenge Solutions Podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Caitlin and Cole, and we're going to be talking about traveling and vacations. Summer is coming up pretty soon, so I know a lot of us are going to be going on vacations because the world is starting to open up again, thank goodness. And so (laughs) we thought we would talk a little bit about what we do to prepare for vacations, share our traveling experiences, which are some good and some not good, and then <laughs> talk about some of the things that happen when you're, you know, on vacation in an unfamiliar environment, not always with people that you really know, but you kind of have to get super close with them super fast to get what you need. So, right. yeah, we're going to start with preparing for a vacation. Caitlin is like the expert packer. I have never seen someone with an organized suitcase as organized as Caitlin. So Caitlin, why don't you start us off and talk about what you do to pack and stay organized and keep your wardrobe separated and all of that. Please, I need the tips. (laughs) All right. So my number one packing tip is to use packing cubes. They are the best thing that ever happened to my packing process. Packing cubes are actually really simple, but they are also fantastic creations. They are basically... (laughs) fabric cubes that zip up and some of them have like compression technology like they will sort of uh not quite vacuum seal but they'll compress your clothing down and some of them are just like Hmm. fabric cubes that zip up normally basically what i do is roll all my clothing because rolling clothing saves space and i will dedicate one packing cube to like my day outfits like my shirts and shorts or jeans or whatever i need to wear And I will make one packing cube my pajama cube. I'll dedicate one to nicer outfits if I'm going to need any of those. And then I dedicate one to toiletries. So then it's basically like drawers in your suitcase. You can stand them up inside your suitcase and just grab them by the handle. And everything is neatly compressed into different cubes based on like what kind of clothing it is. You can also get like different textured packing cubes if you really want to get like super organized about it and have like different textures for different things or if you can see a little bit they have brightly colored ones of different colors they are really really nice inventions and they're also not that expensive i bought my set for like 20 dollars at tj maxx and got four of them so definitely a great investment for all of your packing needs yeah that's really nice actually 20 dollars is not as much as I thought that would be. I also find it really helpful to make a packing list. And I have one that I just kind of leave standing because I do travel a lot. So I have a packing list in the notes app on my phone. And then I just go down through the list and, you know, check off what I have. And then when I leave the place, I go back and uncheck everything. So I know that everything is, you know, um, right. Yeah. 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 I also there. do that. And it is super nice. And I find that it's nice. To, like if you start your packing list, you know, three weeks to a month before you leave throughout that month, you're going to think about, oh, hey, I'm going to need to grab this. And then you can add that to your list. And then, like I said, if you have it digitally, 
you can just keep the same list and use it every time. And it's super nice. So I strongly recommend that. Yeah. I mean, and eventually like, you know, if you, you have the same list, I mean, you'll almost start to like, remember, you know, like a lot of things, like I keep traveling the same place back and forth. Like if I'm going up to Detroit to like see a doctor or whatever, I know it's technically not a vacation traveling, but in terms of packing for it and stuff like that, you know, you always have the same things and so keeping it consistent. Therefore you won't ever forget something. Yeah, for sure. I have a specific list. Well, when I went to the camp at our school for the blind, um, I went several years in a row, but it's like a three week thing in your home for the weekends. So then you would unpack, you know, wash everything, put everything back in my suitcase. And then I have a specific suitcase for like when I go to Caitlin's because I'm staying at her house a lot. And that one has things like, you know, groceries, if I'm having to bring anything as far as groceries go or anything for the like hobbies slash activities that we typically do on there. Like, you know, I'll bring like a yoga mat and stuff like that because that's more of like a house setting. So if you do have places where you travel a lot, that can be really helpful too. So that being said, uh, like what is your number one thing that you have to have whenever you travel, like specifically on vacation, but anywhere besides a phone? Because I feel like that's- Well, obviously, kind of like te- that was my technology almost in general, right? Yeah, <clears throat> like what's your go-to? Like it can be a blindy item or whatever, but you're- not a, not a blindy item for me. Now this, this is like just a me thing. So I have a uh, certain uh, pillow that I, I understand. Uh, that I love. And it, I, it is the only one that I take. I take it when I travel anywhere, I take that and a blanket and it makes it so easy to sleep anywhere because all I need is just a surface to sleep on and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so with like going to like a bunch of hotels and stuff like that, it's, it's super nice. I don't even, I don't even have to go like under, Neath like covers or something like that and having to worry about like having to clean all those i yeah will just lay on top of on top of it and uh that pillow it just makes it easier to fall asleep when you have like the same kind of setup every night you know what i mean yes Um, right i love it yeah i also have a blanket that i absolutely love and take pretty much everywhere actually i'm super weird so i have this thing about my primary blanket i don't want it to be dirty so i have a specific travel blanket that understand. feels almost the same. <laughs> yeah. So I take that one pretty much everywhere. But honestly, if I was going to pick one thing, it is a really blindy thing to pick. But I always like to have my Brailsons Polaris on me when I travel, just because mm. it's always there. Like I love reading and writing in Braille. So if I need to jot something down and I want it in Braille and say I don't want to grab like a notebook and a slate and stylus or something like that, I don't want it on my phone. I have that. And a lot of right. my important things are there but also it's nice because I could sit and read a braille book you know and pretty much anywhere and I don't feel as rude when I have that because I don't have like an earbud in or something right, but I definitely right. yeah, look yeah. a lot less normal you know in that situation yeah. but personally it gives me comfort having it which is really weird because I mean if I was going to pick between like that or my phone it would definitely be my phone you know it does a lot more of course but there's something mm-hmm. comforting about having just like braille with me so I take that pretty much everywhere uh yeah I definitely appreciate having some kind of braille display I don't typically travel with my braille sense just because I have more important things to dedicate that bag space to usually but I have a smart beetle that will connect to my phone iPad laptop or whatever but if I needed to pick like an essential item to travel with uh honestly it would probably be a toss-up between my bone conduction headphones and a portable power brick for my phone oh. because Ooh. I didn't yeah. know phone accessories were included right I thought I would say like I mean AirPods. I would never yeah I would never bring my phone without my airpods that right. would be right no I, I wouldn't either but also like the bone conductors serve kind of the same purpose as a braille display like it's less rude I feel like because you can still hear everything that's going on 
right. and they're there if you need to navigate somewhere independently you can have access to your gps things like that and then like a power brick you never ever want your phone to die in the middle no, of a nope, travel situation nope, 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 especially nope, nope, nope. if you're flying solo like yeah. that is just my worst nightmare yeah yeah nightmare scenario right there that is uh, yes that's actually terrible and since you brought up flying let's go ahead and share our experiences with flying can, can i you tell guys my take atlanta airport horror story <laughs> you can tell yours and then i'll chase it down with mine all righty so oh no my first time ever flying i flew alone totally blind at 17 years old to leader dog summer camp in michigan and it was like the best thing i could have ever done for myself in terms of like confidence and independence it was kind of like my first time you know leaving my safe little small town bubble so it was great it did so many things for me right but let me tell you the atlanta airport is not the place to be as a solo blind traveler. <laughs> no, it is not. It is not okay. And I've heard this from multiple people. I had many different scenarios happen in the Atlanta airport that were just bad. But the two worst were the person, the gate agent who was guiding me did not tell me we were about to step onto the tram. She just walked up and I heard the doors open and realized I was about to step onto an unknown thing. And I had to say, hold on, what am I about to get on? Because I couldn't tell what it was. I knew it was not an elevator. It sounded like elevator doors opening, but I knew it wasn't an elevator because the inside noise coming from it wasn't the same as an elevator. And I knew it wasn't an escalator. So I was like, what is this? And she was right. like, it's the tram. I was like, oh, okay. So I stepped onto the tram and then she did not tell me what to hold onto or offer me a seat. And I had never been on the Atlanta airport tram before, so I was not prepared. And when it took off, I nearly plummeted into someone's lap. And when I said, is there something I can hold on to? Instead of showing me a railing, she said, I got you and proceeded to hold me by my backpack straps. Nah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, actually. Yes. <laughs> what? It yeah. was not okay. But then... <sighs> Then this was going to Michigan, but then on the return trip, I had a ticket back to Little Rock and I wasn't sure I had like three papers in my hands and I wasn't sure which one I needed to hand the person at the desk. Mm -hmm. And I just handed them all to her and said, Hey, one of these is my ticket to Little Rock. Can you let me know which one? And she was like, sweetheart, you don't have a ticket to Little Rock, Arkansas. And I said, I most certainly do. I don't know which one of those papers it is, but one of them is a ticket to Little Rock. And if it's not, then there's a problem and you need to look up my flight information. And she was like, no, no, you don't have a ticket to Little Rock. So I took all the papers back and I stood in front of her and I used KNFB Reader to scan all those tickets. And I found one mm -hmm. that said Little Rock, Arkansas. And I handed it back to her and I said, this is my ticket to Little Rock. Please scan it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... I also went to Leader Dog Camp. I strongly recommend it as well. I was 16 when I went. Um, a very, very freeing experience. Flying alone is, I strongly recommend it. It's such a good confidence boost. It's such a good, like, wow, you know, this is the world. I can do it kind of experience. 
but right. also in a situation where you know you have people meeting you you're not just out there but right um yeah i'd flown before that so i you know kind of knew what to expect um however so thankfully i had a straight flight there and then on the way back was my layover in atlanta and it was oh my gosh i don't even know where to start it was such a bad experience all the way through so i had a layover of course there and i waited at the gate right after getting off the plane i kid you not for 30 minutes 30 minutes before someone came to get me keep in mind i had another flight to catch yeah i wait for 30 minutes on this person they come with the wheelchair I say, you know, the usual, no, thank you. I don't need that. This woman says, oh, honey, just take the chair. It's a long walk. I say, no, thank you. I can walk oh, just no. fine. <laughs> oh my so we my do. legs still happen to work. Yeah, yeah. The legs are, you know, just the eyes. So yeah. we also, we got on the train, but this woman, instead of just casually not like paying any attention to the fact that I'm blind, she makes someone get up so that I could sit down on this train because she was just Oh, I hate it when they do that. Yeah, she Ugh. thought I was just going to fall over. Like, all I needed was something to hold on to. Like, I would have been yeah. fine, but no, yeah. no, I had to have a seat. So then, after a journey that was full of her not interacting with me properly, mm-hmm. she gets to my gate and she says, hmm, there's no seats open uh, by the boarding area. So... I was like, okay, you know, no, she takes me to a seat in the very, very back of the boarding area beside a screaming child and their family, and then leaves before I can ask her when the pre-boarding time is or where I need to go. She leaves me there. I can't hear the loudspeaker over this child that's beside me crying. Okay, so I'm sitting there and I waiting. I ended up calling an IRA agent just to figure out when I needed to be boarding and then to help me navigate around the child on the floor to the, <laughs> um, the boarding area. So yeah. And fun fact for anyone who, uh, needs to know the Atlanta airport is no longer an IRA access location. So you can't use IRA for free there anymore. So <sighs> you're going to be burning your own IRA minutes. Uh, I wasn't at that point, but you will be now. So it was just a terrible experience. And the, when she left me at the gate, I was, I mean, just a tiny bit scared that I was going to miss my flight. Like, that could have ended so badly. that's a valid fear. If it wasn't for Ira, I really might have. I mean, I would have had to start talking to strangers, which I would have done. But, like, right, I did not have Ira when I flew. So, I literally had to just walk to the desk and ask questions. Yeah. not good. I I highly recommend paying for Ira if you're going to fly absolutely because i was afraid i was gonna like step on someone if i just walked like i would have had to ask someone it was so crowded Mm -hmm. and full and she didn't tell the lady at the gate that they had a blind passenger either or like i would have been like you know she'll come either when i was there no one knew when i had a the person left me before i had to walk up there and show them my ticket my person left me and i knew Mm -hmm. that i needed to go ask when my pre-order time was and i just had to walk up to that desk and she was like i didn't know we had a blind passenger on this flight i was like well, surprise. <laughs> Hi, it's yeah. me. I'm here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You so, also had a bad experience in Detroit, didn't you, Macy? I did have a bad experience in Detroit. Um, not as also. bad as that. No, but... no, not anywhere near as bad as that, but just not good. 
Yeah. So when I was walking with the guy, I also had to wait for him to come and get me. And it was yeah. quite a while too. I don't know if it was half an hour, but I would say at least 20 minutes probably waiting on him to come and find me. And then he finally got there or whatever. This was my destination. So I didn't have a layover. So it wasn't bothering me uh, too bad, but we're walking hmm. through the big tunnel. If you've ever been in the Detroit airport, you probably know it has like a, a big tunnel area. Um, hmm. And we're just talking to this guy asking me, yeah, so how much can you see? And I say, oh, you know, a little bit of like shapes and colors if they're close to my my uh, face. Oh, this no. guy lets go of me in the middle oh, of no. the airport. And no. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, here's the like problem with being blind, but not completely blind is mm -hmm. that you tell people that and they just assume you can see. And so this yeah. guy, yeah, just lets me go in the middle of the airport. And I'm like, um, no, I, I still need you to guide me. And it was just yeah. super awkward after that. And he wasn't very like pleasant and polite, but still nowhere near as bad as Atlanta. And also, Atlanta. can I just say like props to Little Rock? Little Rock has the best airport I've ever been in. So no, Fayetteville is so much better than Little Rock, but Little Rock is not bad. Uh, my experience did what? I've never flown out of Fayetteville. I flew out of Fayetteville and I went to Guiding Eyes and it was such a nice experience. Like they were obviously trained on how to interact with me. Oh, that's good. That's, it was that's very really good. good. Like she just walked up and instinctively said, do you need my arm? And ah, I said, yes. Ah, and then off we went. So refreshing. Yes. yes <laughs> flawless side of guide. It was great. Ah. Yeah. My experience in Detroit was nowhere near as bad as Atlanta. Atlanta is the worst I have ever experienced. So that's bad. so weird. It, it is so, so bad. You would think it would be better than Fayetteville. Yeah. Well, no, because yeah, it's well, so big. That's the problem. Like with Fayetteville, they have not that many people. With Atlanta, you have thousands and thousands of people in there at once. Sure, so but I don't think, shouldn't okay, they also deal with more blind people? You know what I mean? That yes. is not an excuse yeah. because LaGuardia is fantastic. So yeah, yeah. I don't in know. Detroit, Atlanta's just terrible. Yeah, Detroit, they were just kind of disrespectful. Like, the guy I was with made a huge ordeal about having to walk a disabled minor to the baggage claim. Like, he was highly offended that he had to go get a disabled minor. And I was like, I'm sorry, I had a tip for you, but now you're not getting it. And I'm probably more respectful and responsible than half the adults. Did, wait, did, <laughs> did, he didn't call you a disabled minor, did he? Yes. Not directly to my face, but he was right. joking around with one of his buddies. He was like, man, I didn't know I was going to have to collect a disabled minor today. And I was like, I'm really sorry I inconvenienced you. Yeah, no, that's just, <laughs> yeah, that's, ridiculous. that's not even, that's yeah. not even just an airport. It's just like a, like that a was personal, just, yeah. And then he did actually do me the courtesy of saying, we're about to get on the moving sidewalk. Is that okay? And I said, yeah, that's fine. Is there something I'm going to have to step over and can it eat my cane? Because I'd never been on a moving sidewalk before and I didn't know like what it was going <laughs> to entail. Like, should I <laughs> right. pick up my cane? He was yeah. like, we can go around if we need to. I was like, no, no, I just need to know what I'm about to step onto. Like, yeah. is, is there a grate that my cane can go in? So it wasn't bad, but definitely not, not good either. Okay, so we've had a brief intermission due to internet troubles <laughs> and by brief i mean it's been about five hours so it is currently past 9 p.m and we are going to continue we have coffee yes we have caffeination that's Lincoln. not all of we it's i don't that's <laughs> no true. but you have kit kats i have is, i have kit kats and m&ms good yes. enough so 
we are gonna keep on trucking but if we sound even more dead slash deranged than usual just blame the time of night and the caffeination liquid that we are consuming we would do this at another time when it was more acceptable to be awake and caffeinated, but there is no other time that we can do this. So um, <laughs> this is what you're going to get, and we apologize in advance. Yes, it is finals week, and that is what we have. Mm-hmm. But before the internet issues cause our intermission, Caitlin was about to talk about the LaGuardia Airport and contrast it from the Atlanta slash Detroit airport. So why don't you take us away and go go for that? Alrighty. So I really didn't actually have a ton to say about that. I was just going to say that the LaGuardia airport was actually so much better than Atlanta and Detroit. Uh, the person that met me at the gate was very nice and respectful and clearly mm-hmm. had a little bit of experience guiding blind passengers so that was very refreshing compared to my previous experiences with airports obviously it wasn't perfect but it was definitely much better and the person was willing to ask questions and do what i said i needed i do know some people who have had horror stories at laguardia but for the most part it's been pretty much smooth for most people i think so right well it's never going to be perfect you know every round or whatever but at least if it's definitely better better than than atlanta atlanta is just bad (laughs) yeah well I feel like the key is that they were asking questions like you know I don't expect even though I would love for every airport staff to have disability training and that kind of thing you know that's not going to happen but as long as someone's willing to ask you what you need then Mm -hmm. I feel like that's enough you know that's enough for me to say okay they've done a good job this person not just ask what you need but follow through with what you tell them yes And just also, be like respectful, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, just, just like normal. Respectful. Yeah. Yes. Also, I did want to point out that as terrible as airports are to navigate, strangely enough, I have never had a bad experience with a flight attendant. Like once I'm on the plane, I, I have either. always had good experiences. Granted, I've only flown probably fewer than 10 times in my life, probably like, I don't know, six or seven, eight. So you know, take it with a grain of salt. But yeah, I always have had really helpful flight attendants and they've always been able to like, you know, uh, I'll either tell them my name or they will like put their hand on me when they need to ask me a question, which is not really what I prefer, but also, you know, it's what has to happen when you're in such close Mm -hmm. quarters with people. And also, I believe this is mandatory because it happened on every flight, but whenever they guide you on, they will show you a button that you can push if you do need something. Mm -hmm. Uh, They will always show you that. They will always help you buckle up (laughs) into your seat. They will help you with the like little TVs and stuff if you want that. I never use those, but if you want that. Mm -hmm. So they, as far as I know, are really good and they seem like they do have training on what to do in these situations at least all to some flight extent. attendants get training on disabled passengers i think and that they should yeah yes. they definitely definitely should well all airports should but right. don't but the right. flight attendants right. definitely do and that's awesome and super important i've been on let's say six planes total because i flew to leader dog and then guiding eyes so yeah every single one of those flight attendants was really really good with me the ones going to and from guiding eyes were even they were phenomenal so yeah no some are not as good as others but i've never had a bad experience with a flight attendant right i always like it when they talk to me and engage because it makes me feel more like i can ask for help and i'm not going to be a bother 
but right. unlike yeah i've never had a truly terrible experience so also don't be afraid to ask of course as always it is right. their job to help you if you need right. to get up and go to the bathroom if you need food if you need a drink that's their job please ask Definitely. them don't feel like and i also they always kind of ask them like when i need to put things in the overhead bin or get them out i will typically ask a flight attendant Yes. For that even because I can't right. see who or what is around me mm-hmm. and I actually hit somebody in I the don't want to actually hit somebody or like fall over into someone's lap or something like that right. so I just typically <laughs> ask them to like get my backpack which I typically try to avoid the need to get my backpack out of the overhead yes but too. if I need it then I will always summon a flight attendant so pro tip don't hit people with your bags Although sighted passengers were hitting me with their bags on my flight to New York, I was on because the aisle. Because of course, they get yeah. to be rude. <laughs> yeah, I was on the aisle and someone, the person behind me kept getting up and down to get their bag out of the overhead. This happened what like you even mean? nine times in the span of a two hour flight. So it was not okay. Jeez. Yeah. It was really not okay. I almost turned around and said, excuse me, I'm blind. I can't see you moving to move out of your way. Can you stop? But <laughs> right. I, I didn't. I, I was a nice person. Right. Yeah, I've never had anyone that bad sitting next to me. I did get stuck between two businessmen once, which was not like a bad, but a little bit awkward because like, like were they talking to each other a lot no no they didn't know each other we sat there in awkward silence and it wouldn't have been awkward except that i was the middle seat and like they weren't big or anything like not to say anything against you know anyone's physical size but they were grown men they were taking up their whole seats and i was like in the middle trying to make myself as small as possible and i sat (laughs) that way for like four hours because our uh breaks had this was flying back from lax i believe yeah flying back from california and uh, they had to like replace the brakes, so I was sitting there for like four hours when I was. Oh, supposed that's to be terrifying! <laughs> you know it was, but I also found comfort in the fact that we were flying with new brakes. So that is true. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. But yeah, back to the overhead bins. Like, I, I typically just don't if I can help it. Like, I have flown with my family before or with my mom, and in that case, you know, I might have her do that, but usually I just don't. Mm-hmm. I also typically try to just keep my backpack, like my carry-on thing, under the seat in front of me, just so it's in easily accessible reach if I can. But flying with a guide dog makes that kind of difficult sometimes, depending on how much legroom I have. It, you know, sometimes I can, but typically I try to not do that when I'm with my dog so he has a little bit of extra room. But if you're flying with a cane, then... I would definitely try to keep your stuff under the seat just because then it's right there and you can keep, you know, attention on it and make sure nothing's happening to it and get stuff out if you need it. Right. Yes. So also, okay, with bags, this is a little bit of a change of topic, but you have your cane or your guide dog. I bet it would be worse with a dog. All right. You have your suitcase in the other hand. You're coming up on an escalator. What do you do? Well, haven't ran into that. I try oh, to not. Okay, but, <laughs> I mean, do you elevator? I think, okay, I think it'd be feasible to still escalator. No, a- I don't. I have done it. I was with my mother, and I needed her arm to like side guide. So I didn't okay, get lost. okay. But here's the deal: you in that situation. Well, I have never gone through an airport with a family member before. I've always flown solo. Mm-hmm. 
in which case a gate agent held my suitcase. Um, From the moment you stepped into the airport? Like someone didn't walk you to security through security? Well, yeah, but both of my parents were there. Oh, so, yeah, I, oh wait, changed. wait, wait. No, I checked a bag. So all I had was a backpack, in which case it was, you know, I wasn't dragging a thing. Well, when I walked into LAX, I believe is where we were. Yes. Um, that, yeah, that trip. We, like when you walk in before security, there's an escalator. So I Is had it? my check suitcase mm. on wheels and I was trying to go up this escalator. I've never had to go up an escalator before I got rid of the suitcase. Well, let me tell you, it is not a good experience. If anyone knows how to get up an escalator with a suitcase and a cane. Okay, but in that experience. It seems a little clunky, but I feel like it could work. I would just summon assistance. Like I would find a person to carry it up there because that's what they are there for. I would just get help if. Well, actually, I think the appropriate thing to do would have just been to use the elevator. But like, so here's what happened. We're still on the problem because like we're standing on the escalator and my mom says there's an escalator and so i have like her arm touching it but holding the suitcase but the i went onto the escalator and the suitcase i didn't roll it all the way onto a stair of the escalator so i ended up (laughs) in a situation where either i was gonna fall backwards or i had to let go of that suitcase so i let go of the suitcase and then my suitcase was just sitting there on the escalator and then a security (laughs) agent came up to us and escorted us away but the bright side was she escorted us right past security but then she insisted that we use the elevator next time yeah well i definitely would try to use the elevator with a suitcase because you can't see you can't there's not a good way to know like where your suitcase is gonna be. I would just try to avoid that. And with a dog, I would definitely try to avoid that. I have been escalator trained with my dog. I can do escalators with him. Mm-hmm. I hate it. He hates it. With a suitcase in the other hand, it would definitely be a bad oh, situation. Yeah, that that right. seems a lot a lot harder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we definitely can do it. I have done it since I've left training. But if I can't avoid taking my dog on an escalator, I'm going to it's a complicated procedure right right i mean i can do fine with escalators and a cane mm-hmm. i prefer to have you know a guide but i can do it with a cane if i have to do it with a cane but right. like with the suitcase you have a whole added thing of like because you can't or in this situation i couldn't pull the suitcase up beside me because i was trying to hold my like touch my mom's arm so that i would yeah get that separated yeah. that so yeah it, that it put me in a really awkward position but that was super awkward. Yeah. But if you can't, if you can't pull the that, because that's so that's what I was saying. It's like if you you know pull your suitcase, if you can just get it onto a stair like right below you, you should be fine. Yeah, I mean right. you can't see how to position it effectively. Right. No, so. and I think I don't even know if the wheels were lined up right. That's but, when you just that's when you just hold it and just carry it. And just don't let it sit on anything. <laughs> okay, but it's a big check. But it's like a checkable suitcase. I, no, I know. I was just I was I was yeah. you know complimenting that's Macy a, on her strength. Still need to haul <laughs> yes, an escalator. For sure. <laughs> yes on top of the carry-on too right yeah. yeah one arm just like doing doing like little curls like <laughs> yes so i guess that would be uh here's a time for a great segue one serious pro of traveling via car slash truck slash other land transportation is that you don't have to deal with airports you don't have to deal with hauling your suitcase up an escalator unless you're in one heck of a hotel um (laughs) like you don't have all those problems but there are a couple other small random things that are kind of inconvenient about like 
traveling via car. I don't know about you guys, but I'm super weird about gas stations. Okay. Can we talk about gas station bathrooms? Okay. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's not okay. Mm -mm. And like, as a blind person, now, if you're riding in a car, you're probably not walking into the gas station solo, but also like, I mean, let's be (laughs) real. Sometimes you're with your dad. Sometimes I'm with my dad. And I mean, as a blind person being in that situation, like there is, there are a few things as disgusting as having to touch everything in a gas station bathroom. Yeah. I would take the airport bathrooms over that any day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. all public bathrooms are different. Like there is yes. not a standard yes. layout. Can we for please bathrooms. get some like standardized like thing, like past or something? Yeah. Yeah. Or at least like I don't know something. Like <laughs> I wish there were indicators as to whether someone was in there or not. Uh huh. Like a braille <laughs> indicator of some sort. Or yeah, something. like, like yeah. when you slide the lock on the door, like it flips something on the outside or something. Yeah, yes. it does. Yeah. I don't know how that would work, but it would be great. So if no. like gas yeah. stations, you know, and then there's just the fact of like, are you guys ever going somewhere with the side? This is just the, the blinding gripe podcast at this point, but like, right. yeah. Are you guys ever going somewhere with a sighted person and like, you know, you're driving like out West or somewhere with a bunch of beautiful scenery and they just talk <laughs> about it and talk about it and talk about it. And they want to tell you every detail of what they're seeing. And they mm-hmm. don't realize that, oh my gosh, you don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, sometimes I do appreciate knowing what we're passing, but sometimes on a long road trip, I just want to put headphones on and zone and not like I don't care about the trees I can't there is only so much I can get from a description of trees and the first one is good enough I'm gonna say there are trees done yeah (laughs) like maybe you're on a mountain maybe you're okay here's the thing I can't decide if it's better or worse to have descriptions sometimes like in car trips I definitely don't want them but I took a train ride through the Ozarks with my parents and my little brother once and my mom started out describing things and then just kind of stopped and uh. in that situation I hated the description because it's trees and mountains right yeah. and well, we live in the Ozarks I mean right, like we, what's there to see right exactly but then when she stopped it was too loud for me to actually get any kind of serious listening to anything done on my phone we were crammed into a little bitty space so I couldn't like you know actively comfortably use my phone to text anybody Mm -hmm. it was hot it was miserable there were small children the best part about that train ride was the chips and queso we got from the snacks car snack (laughs) but I nearly fell on my face because we had to move between cars and I did not understand and I couldn't use my cane effectively because it was such a small space and it was it was just bad never take a train ride through the Ozarks I feel like I mean I feel like the passing carts thing is kind of universal among trains um I don't know if it's an Ozark specific thing No, I don't think so. I think there are different styles of connectors. Well, of course, yeah. So some of them are not as bad. And if you're on a train train, like an Amtrak, it's you're going to have a little bit more space. Yeah. So it's not as horrendous as that was. I have ridden a train since then. I have not passed between cars, but it was a much better experience. I have never ridden a train outside of like, 
you know, the one at Silver Dollar City where you get robbed in the middle. That's not a normal <laughs> yes, train. Yeah, I know. No, I'm, I'm aware train. that that's not a normal yeah, train. Yeah, we rode a train into uh, NYC on NYC Day at Guiding Eyes. We rode a train from Yorktown Heights into New York. Yeah. Nice. Okay, that train at Silver Dollar City is so loud. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it hurts. <laughs> yeah. But also, back to like people describing things, I think the point is like, like, I want to know if we're passing something significant. Like, I want to know, you know, if we're in the mountains or whatever, or like right. whenever we drove to Kansas for camp several times, you know, my parents would always comment like, oh, wow, it's so flat. Like, there's windmills, there's stuff like that. And I did mm-hmm. like knowing what was like, happening. I appreciate in knowing what we're passing, but I don't need an ongoing commentary if there is nothing significantly interesting. Right. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, I found it, I, most of my travel is just like, north and it's not very exciting um, right. just like to chicago and detroit um and stuff like that you just drive through st louis yeah, um right. I spent but, a lot uh, of time in st louis <laughs> right i went to a, i went to a camp that was um that was in uh colorado and we went, went we went up 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 and into the mountains and stuff like that now that was fun cool. that yeah. sounds I mean, awesome right and we now we drove through Kansas, which is basically just, um, it's still grass. It's still, there's a tree, it's still grass. <laughs> yeah. Um, but corn. So no one really cared to tell me then. But once we got to like the mountains, I was like, dude, I can't even see, but I want a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get that. Yes, I but, understand that. So cool. also, like, okay, we've talked a lot about like you know preparing, like getting to where you're going, and all the different crazy things that happen along the way but like when you actually get to the place you're going like like, condos townhouses even sometimes hotels i mean hotel rooms obviously but like too big yeah like like, how do you learn your way around like i mean how do you keep from accidentally walking into uncle jerry's bedroom in the middle of the night (laughs) you're just trying to find the bathroom like what i mean you can have someone show you around but usually i mean i don't know it's hard to remember it all yeah, we go on like big family vacations to yeah, Branson mainly houses. every year. Yeah. Like we've been to Tennessee and stuff. We're talking like one time we had a three-story house with a pool at the bottom. And so like big. And yeah. like how do you keep yourself straight in that situation? Like do, would you use a cane inside in that situation? Would you like I mean what do you do? Sometimes in bigger houses I do use uh use my cane what if, if it's somebody else's house just mm-hmm. in general like i don't you know i don't know if it's necessarily on theme with vacations but just because i don't want to mess up like paintings and stuff by just kind of like sliding my hand along a wall or something like that mm-hmm. um that are that are picture frames and stuff like that but like uh i go to big i go to big cedar every year in branson or whatever and the house that we go to is the same every year it's just mirrored right so uh, so sometimes it flip flops, but it's essentially the same thing. So I know it p- pretty well. So that one is usually fine. But yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's just kind of guiding me to the essential areas. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then I'll yes. slowly kind of figure it out depending on how long right. we're there. I've never stayed in like a big like townhouse type situation. I've mostly been in condos and hotels, but those are just as bad. The worst experience I have ever had with navigation Mm -hmm. 
anywhere is when we stayed in the penthouse of a condo in Navarre Beach, Florida. It was nice. We really ate splurge. It was me, my mom, my brother, his friend, and my TVI. And it was made worse by the fact that there were kids involved. Like my brother mm-hmm. and his friend were 13, 12 or 13 at the time. Right. And uh, we kind of splurged on a nice vacation and there are glass things in the penthouse yeah yeah. like glass shot glasses like there's this nice bar of like glassware (laughs) really fancy now mind you i could navigate this place fairly well it's a open room i can trail things but it was made so much worse by the fact that my mom was concerned about me breaking the glassware Mm-hmm. And once I was shown where the glassware was, as long as no one left it in a weird spot, it yeah. was going to be okay. But she was stressed out over it, and that just made it a lot worse. Right. So, I mean, I think your family members or whoever you're with can definitely contribute to causing a problem. So it's really important to say, hey, I'm not going to break the stuff as long as you don't put it in a weird spot. <laughs> like, have the conversation right. And, right. and say it in a nice fashion. If you can, if you're in that situation... But also have people definitely like show you around the place, like take your hands and put it on things that you need to know about, like glassware and show you like the essential areas and then figure out a route. The bathroom is the big one for me. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. How can you trail? What can you trail to get Mm -hmm. to the bathroom? Mm -hmm. From like Like, from room to bathroom. Yep. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's my main. Or well, wherever you're sleeping, whether that be a couch or something like that. Right. Yeah, that was also really bad because I ended up sleeping on the couch in like the living area. So to get to the bathroom, it was kind of an ordeal. (laughs) Yeah, you have to have a make make a jump through uh, like no Uh trails or is there nothing you can, you know. No trails with a glass top table in the middle of it. Mm. Oh, yeah. See, I'm typically fine. Like, you know. I'm saying all this again, you know, not to say that I can't or that it's like that much of an inconvenience that I hate vacations or anything, just because this mm-hmm. is my opportunity to rant to the world, basically. Right. Um, but like the thing with with my vacations, I think that makes them like this kind of more of a problem for me is that, okay, so we go to Branson with our grandparents. So especially like since my parents have been divorced, there have been years where I have had neither parent there. My brother is there sometimes and there are a lot of us. So there's no one there that is good enough at interacting with me that I feel super comfortable being like, you know, okay, I need you to show me, which I do. I mean, I have mm-hmm. to obviously you right. know, to get around the thing, but it's just but it's like, really you don't have your person. Yes. And like, these are the people that will worry about me breaking the glassware. And the thing is, I am the kind of person, not because I'm blind, but because I'm clumsy, that I would say, (laughs) you don't have to worry about me breaking the glassware. And then something would shatter off the wall when I was retreating to my bedroom. So like, (laughs) it's something weird that I think sighted people don't think about and that I don't think about really when I think about going on a vacation, you know, I don't think, oh man, I'm going to have to learn the condo, but then you get there and you're sitting in your bed and you realize you have to go to the bathroom. You're like, oh no, how do I even get there? Now, now have you ever forgotten about it until it's like midnight and now you've just got to figure it out? yep yeah because someone will be like i'm putting up groceries here you can put your stuff in here and i'm like cool and i'm like you know i'll ask them later or whatever and then uh the later never comes and then you end up trailing some wall and just like 
knocking on like opening yeah, doors like I is mean, this it nope that's a closet is this it that's a boiler room like <laughs> yes <laughs> Yes. I always really love it when I end up with a bedroom that has a bathroom like with it or like right down the hall. It makes it so easy. Right. But, oh, yes. You know, yeah, being like a right kid, across. That yeah, <laughs> right. Right. But like, yeah, no, having um like a designated person is is really great. But as well as like, you know, a lot of times they're like, I don't it depends on like how big like the place that you're staying is, but there can be a lot of people in it uh-huh. at once. Yes. which is the worst yeah. because you have your little trail route, you know what I mean? That you've, that you've created, but it doesn't really make sense to a lot of sighted people. So no one's right. expecting you to like do this, like little jump over to the wall or like to some other place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so people are like in your way, you're like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to get to the bathroom. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. Dodging and weaving in and out of people. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. The- Most people know to move out of my way, but I have definitely, definitely experienced Right. Well, they'll before. be talking and just like not looking or whatever. Yeah. The Florida right. trip was really awkward because we had my brother's friend along and my brother's friend is actually really cool. I don't mind him at all, but he had never spent any kind of extended period of time in my presence and right. did not understand. So that was yeah. a fun experience. And then we had my mom and my TVI, who's a close friend of the family there. And both of those people are very good at interacting with me and know what I need, but the problem was none of them, neither of them ever knew like who was going to get me when to do what. So it's like, I kept being handed off between the two of them and I never knew who I was supposed to grab or yell at when. And then my mom was also dealing with the two younger kids and not devoting her full attention to me. So I kind of wanted to be with my TBI part of the time. And then it was just an awkward situation because it's like, who's my person when am I supposed to be with who, <laughs> you know? Right. And yeah. Yeah. I remember whenever we went to um, Tennessee, it was me and my brother and neither of our parents went because they both stayed home and worked. And there were, this was when we had the like three-story house with the pool at the bottom and everything. And mm-hmm. there were like, I'm just guesstimating, but probably like 30 of us in that house. Like oh my, my grandmother- yes no it was huge i mean my yep. grandma and her siblings and all of their families so yep. down to the great grandkids yep. yep. were there so i didn't really have a person but my grandma did you know whatever i needed her to do like she was the closest one that i had really but like finding her and not looking like yeah. a weirdo in front of these extended family members that didn't really know me i was pretty young during this situation but I still remember feeling really awkward and left out because no one really knew how to interact with me. And of course I looked awkward because I could barely navigate the house. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, you know, it's also, it's interesting, like, you know, different perspective that you have because I am the oldest of the grandchildren on my mom's side. And I could also see for a lot of my life. So all of my family like, and the gap between me and the next grandchild is my brother, which was six years, six and a half years. So for the longest time, it really was like me in terms of with, with uh, my family or whatever. So, you know, I've mm-hmm. become, I've gotten to know them and, and I'm really, you know, close with a lot of people. So I, I imagine it's a lot different when you're yeah. um, not the, not the oldest or, you know, when there's just so many more people that are around your same age and you don't get that, uh, that period where you actually like kind of grow up with uh with all the family as well mm-hmm. um right. in terms of having yeah, like your person you know what i mean situation yeah no yes. totally 
I mean, it's really weird for me because I am not the oldest and not the youngest. Mm -hmm. I'm like right in the middle, but there's no one else my age. So like, I'm not the ones having a child and I'm not the children, but I'm just there, which puts me in. Because even like, I can't even ask someone my age and make friends and be like, you know, hey, help me out. Because the next oldest is 13 and I am 18, maybe 14. So like, you know, her and I are the close, like we kind of stick together, but also it's like for a lot, most of my childhood, you know, she wasn't old enough to, for me to be like, hey, totally. can you help me grab a plate, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. That kind of situation. So before we wrap this up, I did want to ask, uh, Caitlin, what do you think is the main difference between like going on vacation with a cane versus going on vacation with a guide dog? Because I know, I mean, we're planning a trip to Phoenix right now. There are a lot of extra things to consider when going on vacation with a dog you know like where where's the dog going to be what can we do what can we do with him and also do you recommend people take their guide dogs on vacation do you think it's like something you should decide at a place by place basis or like who you're going with or what kind of factors do you think contribute to that also okay so there is a lot i could say about this and i do want to do like a designated youtube video on this at some point this summer so definitely keep an eye on our channel for that because I think there's a lot of things that could be said in more time than I want to dedicate in this podcast but it's definitely different and I do think you should decide whether or not to take your dog on a case-by-case basis because obviously some places are going to be more conducive to having a dog attached to your left hand than others Mm -hmm. like uh, theme parks for example are just not not great not great places for dogs if you're not going to ride things you're probably fine. But if you do want to ride things, your dog cannot come with you on the roller coasters and you are going to have to have a designated dog holder, which is not really the best situation because it's stressful for you because you're separated from the dog and the dog because he's separated from his primary handler and doesn't know what to think. And if other people want to go on the rides too, then you right, don't want to make them hold be left somebody out back. holding your yeah. dog. But then right. that makes you left out because you have your dog. It's a whole situation. And also you have to consider like, how are you going to park your dog like at silver dollar city they have one service dog park area and it is at the front of the park so once Mm -hmm. you are in there you're gonna be trekking back to let your dog go do his business that's not fun other places universal i believe is fantastic about this they have different relief areas throughout the park and obviously you can let your dog relieve in a non-designated area as long as you pick up after it but you know, that can get awkward and it can be hard to find a place. So just right. got to keep that in mind. If you're going to just like do touristy stuff in LA or New York or whatever, absolutely take your dog. I think right. that would be yes. a fantastic experience. So there's just a number of things that you have to consider. And once you become a dog handler, it's going to become second nature to think about these things. Really, like you're just going to kind of go through all the possible scenarios in your head probably so i i don't i don't know i think it depends on the place and there are definitely a lot of extra considerations that you're gonna have to make like where are you gonna park it and then what things can it not do with you versus what can it do with you and weigh like the pros and cons of bringing your dog or just leaving them somewhere for the whole vacation like our phoenix trip for instance i am bringing my dog because i don't really have a place where he can stay unless I pay to have him at a kennel and there are enough things that we're going to do on this trip that he can be involved in that I think it's worth bringing him and then some things 
you know, if I, if I don't want to bring him like on a hot air balloon ride, it's not going to be long enough that he's going to need to park while we're gone. So I can just leave him in his crate in the hotel room. So that's okay. But like, we're going to go probably rafting in the Grand Canyon for a day and he can't be involved in that like that would not be okay (laughs) so in that instance it's like okay well where's he gonna stay that's too long to leave him unattended in the resort so i have to find a kennel that can keep him for the day and you know then give them the whole rundown of this is a service dog here are all the things you cannot do here are all the things you cannot feed him like it's it's kind of an ordeal so there's definitely a lot of considerations but that being said, like it is a stressful kind of like complicated thing to bring a service dog on a vacation, especially now that there are extra forms you have to fill out for airplanes. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be doing a lot of things that your dog can be involved in, and you're going to be doing a lot of walking, I think it is definitely worth it just because it gives you that extra sense of freedom and independence. Like you have your pair of eyeballs with you. And you're not clinging, you're not stuck clinging to the arm of whoever you're with. Like you can walk ahead or follow them or whatever more efficiently than you can with a cane. If you uh, have a dog and prefer that over cane travel, like it's definitely worth it to me to have him there. Right. Right. And I think it also depends too on who you're going with. I mean, for example, if I was going on vacation with say my grandparents, which happens often, Um, you know, they're not going to be able to tell me, okay, tell your dog to go right, you know, go left, do this. So in that situation, it's going to be easier for me to travel probably with a cane than with a dog. So, and of course, you know, vacation by vacation basis, but that's something to think about. Also something I wanted to mention that we had kind of talked about is, um, if you bring a guide dog on a trip, keep in mind that if you fly, you have to put their food in a bag. So that's going to contribute to the weight of your bag and you're probably not going to be able to fit it in a carry-on depending on the length of the trip. Also, fun fact, if you store Labrador kibble in a Ziploc bag and put it in the suitcase with your clothing, your clothing will forever smell like that Labrador kibble. Oh, no. So how do you recommend packing it? Well... I have not found a method that I actually like yet. (laughs) Uh, Right now I'm thinking for our Phoenix trip, I'm going to separate his like daily rations into little like quart size sandwich bags. Actually, someone recommended that I put it, I store it in his poop bags and then recycle the bags uh, for poop. So I'm probably going to do that Mm -hmm. and then put them inside like a Tupperware, like a sealable Tupperware thing right gotcha stand it up inside (laughs) my bag either that or like double bag it in a gallon ziploc bag i don't know if that'll cut the smell or not Mm -hmm. i really don't know so um yeah i might be smelling like chicken and barley on this trip sorry about (laughs) it (laughs) (laughs) oh dear so yeah all of these are also just you know general if you're planning on getting a guide dog think about these things you know think about it is a responsibility for vacations and things like that But Mm -hmm. also, like Caitlin said, I mean, I walked with a dog once in my life, so I don't have much to say, but I will say walking with it, very, very freeing experience. And, you know, I'm sure Caitlin can testify way more than I can to that. Um, Right. Also, now you have to register your dog with the airline before you fly. 
they're requiring all service animals to be registered so many days in advance to cut back on the amount of fake service dogs and well, emotional support animals that are getting slipped through onto planes, yeah. which is good because we're preventing fake service dogs from making it onto airplanes and causing a ruckus. However, yeah. that form is a little more intense than I originally thought it was going to be. So just just keep that in mind. Look at it well in advance. You're going to need like the dates of your last vaccine and your vet's information. So okay, be prepared for that. Definitely look at that ahead of time. Also, it is not the most screen reader friendly form in the world to Ugh. fill out. It's not great. Not bad. I've definitely seen worse, but it's not great. And I've also been told that I should carry hard copies of it. So print it have at least a copy, one copy for each airport you're going to pass through because sometimes it gets lost in their system and they question whether or not you've actually filled it out. And mm -hmm. they may take your print copy from you when you go through TSA in each airport. So you need to have enough copies of it to hand to someone in each airport you're going to go through just in case that does happen. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so with all that being said, it is going on 11 p.m. here, so I think we're going to wrap this up. If you have any questions or suggestions for future content, you can leave those in the contact form at challengesolutions.org. Also, be sure you subscribe to this podcast so that we can gain a larger following. And keep an eye on our blog, this podcast, and our YouTube channel for more content like this. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the blooper reel. Oh no, she's eating a lifesaver, isn't she? Sorry, oh, I, I was eating a Pringle. Why are you eating Pringles too? Why do you guys have good <laughs> snacks? I have nothing. I, you know what's in my cabinet? Sugar-free caramel chocolates. Sugar-free. <laughs> what kind of world is this? <laughs> it's a caramel kind. They're not good. But like, Macy destroyed that intro. It was like she baked a perfect cake and then handed it to Caitlin and Caitlin took it and threw it on the ground. I'm sorry, and I was eating the Pringle because the gummy lifesavers were hurting my teeth, and I interacted. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> poor Macy, I'm sure she feels so much sympathy for you and your problem of too many snacks. Check your privilege. Can I make a weird mouth noise? Yeah. Why are you guys so attentive to the mouth noises? Cube-shaped fabric. <laughs> <laughs> yep, the cube-shaped fabric cubes. I was hoping for a cube-shaped fabric hexagon. It's fine, it's fine. I'm fine, everything is fine here. It's okay. I just want to remind everyone of how good that intro was. Corn in my face and it hit my nose and I thought it was a fly. Did you say corn? <laughs> Are you eating corn too? No. Corn. My oh. mic cord is dangling from the ceiling. Oh. Guys, we can't kill a team member on call. Oh. There's a train. It's a, a good job. There is. I, I can't hear it. Oh, never mind. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna done. have to wait on that to go. No, you're gonna have to start at the butt. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm not. I'm. I'm 19. What do you mean? <laughs> I've been a legal adult for 365 days.
Wait, I'm not hearing a strip in our favorite rocket, rocket ship, ship zooming through, through the, sky. the sky. Little, little blind steins. <gasps> what? Little blind steins? That's like the little Einsteins for the disabled. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke, Macy. I did get it. Yes. I yeah, wish I had thought of that great. when they did the cahoots at the Braille challenge. Could you play that? <laughs> no. I don't care what they think of me anymore, so it's fine. Well, this was doing pretty good, and then it wasn't anymore. <laughs> the raccoons are pouncing on the cake. <laughs> They're getting their dirty little paws all up in the frosting. They're like, gra they, one grabbed a corner and just like scurried off. Like. Oh, no. Water in those audio message logs, Macy. Hey, that's why they delete every 30 days. <laughs> I don't. Oh, 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 no. Did you just spill your coffee? <laughs> oh. No, no, everything is fine. Oh. <laughs> I thought I tipped over my water cup with my headphone cord. But it didn't actually tip all the way over. Uh, <laughs> I, I okay. understand. I haven't gotten coffee stains on this MacBook yet, and I really want to make it through at least the first week before I do. I think the word you're looking for there is interaction. I think I might have just let another raccoon into the house. <laughs> Macy! <laughs> oh, no. I thought it was really Berger's cool. gonna go rogue! Okay, I have a question. Macy. Macy. Yeah. yeah. Not Macy. Sorry, Macy. Caitlin? Oh, I uh, thought you would. What does, what, what does feeling the blowhole feel like? I'm not going to try to make a dolphin noise on this <laughs> podcast. I thought, I, thought no. I could get you to do it. Nope, didn't work. The <laughs> raccoon <laughs> army has invaded. <laughs> We're being overrun. Uh-oh. I'm about to be joined, I think. What? What? By, by a fur baby. Oh, 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 oh. I thought oh. you were saying someone was going to join our Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> it's Chester the Molester. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chester, bad. The coffee's getting cold, y'all. Uh oh, that means it's time to wrap this up.